What's up, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix back here from The Code. This episode is brought to you by Zero Shoes, where they want you to live life feet first. These might be my favorite shoes to train in. They're thin, flexible, and probably the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. No, honestly, I do almost all of my workouts in these shoes. If you haven't heard our podcast with founder Steven Sashin, you've got to go back and listen to it to find out what all the hype's all about. Do yourself a favor and step into a pair today. Maybe even put their 5,000-mile sole warranty to the test. Visit zeroshoes.com backslash go backslash Dr. Andrew Fix to find the pair that's right for you. That's X-E-R-O shoes.com backslash go backslash Dr. Andrew Fix and find the pair that's right for you. Live life feet first. Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix back here on The Code. Again, as you know, I'm from Physio Room, a physical therapist here, and our practice is in the Denver area. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Jordan New. He uh, He's a trusted acupuncturist here in Denver, and he's the owner of New Vibes Acupuncture Clinic here in Denver, Colorado. So, Jordan, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate your time. Andrew, great to be on the show. Thanks for having me, and great to be uh, here with everybody else. Uh, my name is Jordan New. Uh, I'm a Denver native, Colorado native, um, born and raised, and uh, just give you a little background of myself, if that's okay. Yeah, I think that would be awesome to do, you know, a little more introduction sure. of yourself for, for anyone who's uh, kind enough to tune in to listen with us. Yeah, so go for it. Cool. My journey began, I'll just give you my story and what led me into what I do today. Uh, my journey began at about 12 years old. Uh, I was diagnosed with what's known as scoliosis, which is like an abnormal curvature of your spine. And the doctors weren't very optimistic about it. They just thought, okay, well, you know, we might have to, you know, you can do some physical therapy, but you'll probably need surgery down the road. But even at 12, I was like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't sound good. I've seen some bad, these horror stories with surgeries. So throughout my teens, I just experienced a lot of pain. Uh, and then about 19, I, I, I went into a gym and I was like, oh, I'll try yoga class mm -hmm. and tried yoga. And, um, you know, it was pretty cool. I felt like pretty relaxed and, and stretched out. And then after about a month of yoga, I just started to notice my pain started to dissipate. My mom's like, hey, you're, you're standing up straight or you're looking good. And I thought, wow, I am looking good and I'm feeling better too. And so that was the beginning of my journey to really heal my spine is what it came down to. Um, so throughout my 20s, I, you know, I was obsessed with snowboarding. And maybe here in a moment, we could talk about that, that whole experience of yeah. what led me into a brain injury, which led me into this, where I'm at today. But throughout my 20s, I, uh, I then started, you know, getting real obsessed with yoga and just studying as much as I could. And then I started um, teaching yoga. I kind of got thrown into position. It just, just happened. And then, uh, you know, got my personal training certificate and really made that my profession for about 10 years. And it was a really awesome journey. I realized, wow, I don't have to fit into the conformity of working for somebody else. I can, I can do my own thing. Uh, you know, but after some time with um, fitness training and yoga, I got a little bored. 
um, I, I wanted more. And all yeah. along, I knew I was supposed to go into medicine. In fact, uh, in my undergrad, I, was, I had the intention of going to school for chiropractic medicine. Okay. And the fortuitous path of life led me down the road of going to Chinese medicine school. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you more about Chinese medicine here in a moment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I ended up staying in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I, was, I was intending to go out of, out of state. Uh, thought about chiropractic or naturopathic medicine and ended up staying here uh, and going to school here, which I'm really happy that I did because I've got a strong community of friends and network here in Denver. And I really feel like Chinese medicine is in alignment with who I am. Um, Chinese medicine is also a different way to think. Uh, yeah. So it's it really is it's different than the Western way of thinking. And maybe we can talk about that here in a moment. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that led me into what I do today. And so I've got this great clinic now where I do uh, acupuncture, uh, Chinese herbal medicine, Western herbal medicine, fire cupping. Uh, we offer massage therapy there as well uh, and, and a variety of other holistic therapies. You know, I love that. And I want to unpack, Jordan, some of the things that you that you just mentioned, because, um, you know, you are the first acupuncturist that I've had the pleasure of having on this show. We've had other types of providers, chiropractors, PTs, functional medicine and, what, and whatnot. And, you know, there's there's overlap and gray areas between all these things. But acupuncture is probably the one that um, that I would say I probably have the least personal experience with. I've had acupuncture twice once in your office yeah yeah exactly and um but i have a much smaller experience of you know myself with that than some of the other things than than going to the physical therapist or to the chiropractor or working with a trainer and whatnot but before we start like you know going down um that route i would love for you to just explain to us like you just said chinese medicine is kind of a different way of thinking than the western side Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear you know, like dive into that just a little bit more. And then from like a broad umbrella kind of scope, like just define acupuncture for us. And like, what is acupuncture? What falls under that umbrella? And um, and maybe like what acupuncture is not. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, everything's based on Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. And Chinese medicine has been around for thousands of years. And no one really actually knows how it started <laughs> because I think there's been so many texts that have been burned and uh, it's been such an oral tradition passed along that there's not a whole lot of like understanding of where it actually come from. Mm-hmm. But what we do know is that it's an incredibly powerful way to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chinese medicine incorporates uh, a variety of things, including diet, nutrition, uh, of course, Chinese herbal medicine, um, Qigong. Qigong is, is movement therapy, similar to yoga. And, and, um, and then of course, acupuncture. And acupuncture really does what Qigong does. And, and we can talk about that here in a moment, but I'll go into acupuncture first. So acupuncture, for those of you that may not know what it is, uses these very tiny sterile needles um, to stimulate certain points in the body. Uh, now, Chinese medicine is based on meridian theory, meridian theory. And basically meridian theory is we have these lines of energy that go up and down our body, up and down our limbs, through the organs, there's even what's known as extraordinary meridians that go into our organs. And um, it's kind of like my, what the analogy I like to give is, it's kind of like the highway system. So you've got these highways in your body and all these cars are going along the highways and the cars would be the chi. Chi, Q-I or C-H-I is life energy. It's uh, the life force energy that's in all of us, that's in every living thing. She is what um, you know empowers us to, to really be. 
And that chi, those, those cars are going along the meridians, the highway. And let's say there's an accident and then everything gets piled up. But an accident could be trauma. An accident mm-hmm. could be like, you know, you, you broke a bone or something like yeah. that. Um, and so the acupuncture is kind of like the cleanup crew that gets the cars moving on the highway, the highway moving again so everybody's happy and everything is in flow. Um, and so really what it does is it allows the body to heal itself. The little needles don't really do much them, themselves. They, they're, they're, there's not a whole lot of power there. It's the intention, the intention that I put into the needles, and it's the power, the life force energy in your body that knows how to heal itself. And that's really what acupuncture does. It's like the key that unlocks um, the healing potential within the human body. So acupuncture and the meridians, on the meridians, there's about 360 plus points on the body. Um, and, you know, I don't use all of them. I use maybe 100, 150 or so, but uh, there's a lot of philosophy that goes into it as well. Mm. So it's not like some texts will say, oh, this point here on your hand is really good for headaches and toothaches and stuff. And yes, that's true. But if your body isn't really calling for that point, it's not going to make much of a difference. Sure. So there's a lot of theory that goes into it uh, in, in the practice of, you know, these points go together or you're, you're working with this organ system, this meridian system mm-hmm. to address this issue. Um, me personally, I've done a lot of training outside of school yeah. and I do more energetic type things. So some, some practitioners you'll find, will they'll ask you a million questions and then they'll, they'll just do a quick little protocol that they think is best. Uh, for me, I'm more sensitive. I, I can feel where energy is out of balance. So I basically am scanning my hand over your body and I can feel like, oh, this spot is like leaking right here. And I'm, I'm going to plug this point up and then the energy is going to start to flow. And I have other evaluative methods to see that, okay, did that actually work? Um, so my my practice is a bit more energetic in what I do. Does that explain acupuncture to you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, there's one piece that I want to, maybe dive a little bit deeper into and it's the point where you said that you know the needles themselves right tiny monofilament needles don't have anything in them um they're not really like doing the job they're allowing the body to unlock its potential to heal itself and one of the things um as we maybe maybe briefly describe some of the difference between dry needling and acupuncture because we do dry needling in our office and depending when we release this episode I don't know if this will have come out yet, but I have an episode coming up uh, about dry needling where we, awesome. where we talk about it and why we do it and whatnot. And I know one of the things that we we dive into in that episode, and then I talk to clients about in the office all the time of like, why are we doing dry needling? Uh, there are three main things that we often talk about. And it's one, to draw blood flow to the area, right? Cause tiny micro trauma, it draws blood flow to the area, healing mediators, uh, chemical mediators may come through the bloodstream to help whether that's uh, decrease decrease inflammation or or kind of like clean up the damaged tissue site there. Second thing is whether we get a muscular twitch or not, we are trying to produce what's what we call a neuromuscular reset. We're trying to like take the guarding response of that tissue, change that, bring it down by stimulating the nervous system. And then thirdly, no matter where we're needling in the body, there uh, is evidence to suggest that we have a natural kind of systemic in our body opioid effect right mm-hmm. and there's other things that you know research articles talk about with dry needling but those are probably the three real big ones of like why i'm doing dry needling with a client mm-hmm. and but i would agree with what you said 
the needling itself is not like the body's response to the needling is what's, you know, what's really causing the effect, but maybe go into that a little bit more of how like you're just, you're using the needles to allow the body to heal itself. Mm -hmm. Would you say that even with dry needling intention is a big part of why people heal? I mean, I would say so. I, I, I think so because, you know, whether it's the, you know, whether it's because of where the person's having symptoms or, or the assessment that the provider is going through, mm -hmm. you know, we're choosing very specifically where we're going to place these needles and why we're going to place them there. Mm -hmm. And in the dry needling side of things, different than, you know, the Chinese medicine side, uh, we're not necessarily basing this off of meridians. Generally, we're basing this off, off of where the muscle and nervous tissue runs. Like, mm -hmm. where do the nerve pathways run? what muscles are we needling and where in those muscles are we needling them? And I know some of those probably overlay similarly with the meridians and some of them may not. So um, I think that's one of the big differences I get asked often by clients. Yeah. Well, is this the same as acupuncture? I'm like, well, no, not exactly. It's yeah. not. And I'm not an acupuncturist. So, um, but that's often how I try to explain the difference to people. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Thanks for bringing that up. That's yeah. a really good point because there is a lot of misunderstanding of mm -hmm. what's dry needling and what's acupuncture. Um, I, I do want to go into that intention point here yeah. for a moment too. Acupuncture is a very energetic medicine. And so just like anything in life, intention is so important. And so if my intention is to get this energy flowing here, I don't really, I mean, sometimes I'll do techniques where I barely even insert the needle on top of the skin. Yeah. And it's just a subcutaneous insertion. And it's like, but the intention of my energy going through me into their body gets everything flowing properly. So that may be, um, the energetics might be some, a, a big differentiator sure. of, of the dry needling compared to the acupuncture. Mm -hmm. um, another part that I think that it is relevant to uh, dry needling and acupuncture is the fascia. Sure. Um, if you're you're not familiar with fascia, those, those listeners, fascia is basically the interconnected web that holds us together. Yeah. It, it's 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 interconnected with the nerves. It's what moves the bones. It's what holds the organ in place. So fascia does a lot. And my understanding of fascia is that it can get congealed and bound up, especially when we're sleeping overnight. So that's why flexibility and stretching, especially in the morning, is so important. Yeah. Um, and so uh, regarding fascia, there's a lot of evidence that shows that we have these lines of fascia in our body. And these lines are highly correlated with uh, the Chinese medicine meridians. Um, Andrew, have you ever read the book Anatomy Trains, or have you seen that book? I have seen that book, but I, yeah. I have not had the it's opportunity to read it. The same meridians, it's the same lines as, as the meridians in Chinese medicine. Yeah. So I believe that, yes, there's a, a neurochemical reaction that happens with the acupuncture, but I think it's also like a fascial connection. You're loosening up fascia. Mm -hmm. So a, a good example of that is like, oh, God, my hip is, is, is killing me. Right needling might go straight for the hip. Acupuncture, sure. I'm going to look at the foot and say, wow, the energy is all bound up down mm -hmm. to the foot. That's why your hip's hurting. And I'm, I'm able to heal the hip or heal the problem by, by putting some needles in the foot, which really blows people's minds sometimes with, with yeah. acupuncture. Yeah, I would, and I would agree with you. Sorry to interrupt. Um, that that probably is one of the major differences of, of dry needling compared to uh, acupuncture. Yeah, we definitely talk with clients. And, and I don't necessarily see this be talked as uh, about as much in some physical therapy circles about the effect that dry needling can have on tissues other than the, the muscle, right? It can affect the nervous system. It can affect the fascia. 
um, in the connective tissue around the muscles and around where we're needling. But largely when we are uh, putting needles in, in, in certain places, like say somebody, for example, is coming in due to back pain, maybe they have sciatica that, that they're dealing with or lumbar radiculopathy. Um, generally speaking, we may needle somebody's lower back, their lumbar area. We may trace kind of that nerve pathway down their leg and put some needles around where that sciatic nerve, uh, you know, trains, but maybe even down, depending on how low their symptoms are going, maybe all the way down the tibial nerve down, like towards the foot. But usually that's more along the thought process of like, we're following this nerve pathway, different than what you mentioned, yeah. fascial trains and whatnot. Yeah. So the fascia and nerves, it's, yeah. all, it's all interconnected. And then, you know, the acupuncture is, is interesting because Chinese medicine doesn't really talk about fascia. They mm. don't talk about nerves, but they talk about the meridians, which yeah. I think are very correlated with the, the, the fascia and the nerves. And so I would say the, you know, the similarities is, is that dry needling and acupuncture are different approaches using the same tools to heal the same problem yeah you know just different approaches mm-hmm. and so it all works yeah totally it, it, um, acupuncture may have uh more maybe effects on on the systemic nervous system the whole nervous system yeah. where where dry needling may be more localized to, to areas yeah um so yeah i think that they both work really well um i know i've seen in forums where acupuncturists are like yeah i'm with the pts <laughs> no and and I, I i don't believe that i think the more healing tools and potential we have the better yeah uh i know we may get a little off off on a tangent here with this question but um going along that same line of thought that acupuncture may have a bit more of like a whole system kind of approach or a whole systemic effect. Mm-hmm. I know one of the topics and in, in this is, um, you know, kind of near and dear to me, me being part of physio room because we have um, two pelvic health specialists on our team. But I know one of the topics that I hear a lot of times acupuncture get brought up for is when um, a, a family or a couple may be dealing with some potential fertility issues. Uh, yeah. And I hear acupuncture being like a common treatment approach to try to have a positive effect on that. Do you uh, do you do any of that sort of work in your practice? Yeah, I've been known to get a few women pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that though, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> I've helped couples get pregnant. There you go, yeah. what I meant to say. <laughs> um, yeah, so acupuncture can be highly effective for, for fertility. Um, I don't consider myself a fertility specialist. Sure. If somebody's really struggling with infertility, I will refer them out to another acupuncturist. Yeah. But I've actually helped so, uh, several couples through the whole process of pregnancy. Um, I, I re- what, and really what acupuncture does, I think it just harmonizes the, the system, specifically yeah. the gynecological system. And so if your cycle is out of alignment, say it's irregular, it's every 40 days, and then maybe it's not at all, or, or it's all over the place and there's problems with it, um, you're not very fertile. So acupuncture really helps to reset and harmonize that whole system. Uh, so I see a lot of women um, come through my practice and they say, wow, I wasn't even coming to you for this. I was coming to you because say my shoulder hurt or was having digestive issues or whatever. And my cycle has gotten so regular and so really? easy. And even my boyfriend says, thank you because I'm, I'm not a bitch anymore. And I, you know, my cramps have reduced sure. that kind of stuff. So um, I see, I see pretty powerful things with that. So yes, acupuncture is highly effective 
for fertility. Uh, I know a lot of IVF clinics yeah. have acupuncturists right before implantation and then right after the. I have heard afterward. that. Yeah, totally. Um, in fact, I was just talking to somebody today who was like, "Yeah, I did IVF, you know, a few years ago, and then they were doing acupuncture and I got pregnant." Mm. So yes, it's very effective. For that. Okay, cool. See, I'm learning. This is good. Yeah. Um. All right. Let me glance back here at my notes because what I want to do is make sure you have an opportunity now that we've kind of talked about like what acupuncture is kind of define the meridians a little bit. Um, something you mentioned right at the beginning in your uh, kind of introduction was that um, you had a sort of an obsession with snowboarding and you had an, an injury, uh, right? So let's maybe go back to that and, and let you unpack that story a little bit. Cool. Thanks for asking, because that's actually a big part of what propelled me down this path. Wow. So uh, 23, 23 years young, foolish, uh, <laughs> and I, I was obsessed with snowboarding. Um, you know, it was after I started practicing yoga and I was like, wow, I'm getting really, you know, flexible and fit and my, my body's feeling good and this pain's going away. And um, I was obsessed with snowboarding. And so at that time I was in, I was in my undergrad, but I really wanted to move up to the mountains and compete and get sponsored and live that whole, you know, snowboarder life. Yeah. And I thought that was for me. And uh, looking back, life kept telling me, no, 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 you're not supposed to go that way. You, you need to listen. You need to listen. And then bam, smack me in the face, big wake-up call. So what happened was I was up at Breckenridge, and it was the last run of the day, the last jump in the park. And Andrew, you're a skier, right? No, actually, I get asked that all the time. Uh, I think I would probably pick it up well. I'm relatively yeah, athletic, yeah, but... Yeah. But no, I didn't really grow up getting too involved in the um, you know snow sports. I've been on a snowboard a few times, but I definitely would not call myself a skier or okay. snowboarder. Yeah. So if you're a skier or a boarder, and if you need listeners out there, you know that it's uh, bad luck to call the last run. And so the last run of the day, the last jump in the park, even more foolish. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a backflip. And I probably smoked a little too much weed. And I was just like not thinking. And so I'm going up to the jump. I get up to the jump, and that's my last memory. Mm. My next memory was a week later in the hospital down wow. in Denver uh, in the ICU, and I got flight for life down in Denver. I was in a coma for several days, uh, didn't have a memory for like a week, and then even then it was so like spotty, and I, I don't really remember much. Um, suffered traumatic brain injury. Um, fortunately, that was the only thing on my body that actually was injured. I had some gashes on my face. Okay. Uh, and a little side note to that, you know, for, from <laughs> a little, this, this was, was heaven, the angels looking down on me for this one. Uh, about a month before that happened, my mom kept having the, the premonition, get Jordan a helmet, get Jordan a helmet, need a helmet. And, mm -hmm. and so she got me one and I'm like, oh, the other kids don't wear them, but oh, whatever, I guess I'll wear one. And so fortunately, I was wearing a helmet because I don't think I'd be here talking to you right now if wow. I wasn't. Um, and so suffered a traumatic brain injury. And, and it was a huge wake-up call. Um, and, and I actually want to give the, the listeners here another little tool that I use to totally transform my life. Uh, so basically, I didn't have a memory for a while. I was, I was retarded. I didn't think that anything was my fault. I thought everybody else had the problem. When people would talk to me and they'd be getting a little frustrated with me, I'd get even more frustrated because like, you're an idiot. Why are you, you know, talking talk to me like this? About six months in, I finally realized, oh, <laughs> I am the one with the problem. Okay. And so I know one thing I was really experiencing in addition to, to memory and not thinking properly was depression, mm. suicidal depression. And that might have been partly the pharmaceutical meds that the docs were, were giving me. Um, 
so I was able to, I was never really a negative person, and but I was seeing all these negative thoughts come up. So I basically, my mind, had been, it was like a clean slate. I got, I got to reteach myself to think. And so I yeah. realized, wow, this negative thought just came up. I don't, that's not good. I don't want to think that. And so then I would get creative and instant, like, like counteract the thought with the positive of that. Sure. Flip the switch. Like reframing. Reframing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reframing. Exactly. Yeah. Reframing the thought and then repeat, repeat, repeat. And I would look in the mirror, see if I could while I was saying it and just until that positive thought was just my reality. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, that really every single human that I know suffers from, from just, they, they struggle with like self-limiting beliefs and negative thoughts and that is some more than others. And so, I just want to encourage people that like this is possible. You can retrain yourself to think. Fortunately, I had the um, so-called fortune to like a clean, clean slate, wiping my mind clean, and then got to re- retrain myself to think. But anybody can do this. You can retrain yourself to think positively. And now I, I'm I'm a highly positive person. Yes, I recognize the negative things in the world, but I also I, I always see the light and I always see the beauty and the joy and the positivity and everything. I train myself to do that. And so one more little piece that I want to share here of, of, of the brain injury, because you brought this up. Yes. Yeah. This is what held me on my path today of being a healer and being a medicine person and wanting to have a bigger impact in the world. Mm-hmm. I realized that my potential is not how high I can jump or how many spins I can do or how cool I look on a board and then live in that, that you know, ultra cool life. It's about... What's my purpose in the world to serve others and help people people heal? And Andrew, I'm sure you probably have somewhat of a similar story. Like yeah. you want to help people in the world. And so it really put me down this path. And that's what made me go down the path of what I thought to be naturopathic medicine or chiropractic, and then ended up being acupuncture was my own struggles. And so I bring that up because acupuncture was I think hot yoga was probably what healed me more than anything in herbal medicine. Yeah. But then acupuncture was a big part of the healing process with the brain injury. It uh, took about two years to fully recover. Well, I believe it was that. An arduous experience, mm-hmm. but the biggest blessing of my life. You know? Wow. What's up, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix here from Physio Room. Thanks for joining me on the code. This episode is brought to you by Rebel Green, nutrition you can feel. Are you tired of taking or trying tons of different supplements and not knowing if they're making a difference? You keep taking them, hoping they're giving you some benefit, but you can't really tell because you can't feel anything. Revo Green's microgreen nutritional supplements are hands down the best green supplement I've ever tried. Not only can I feel a difference when I take them, but I know what I'm taking is high quality in only the few ingredients that I actually need. No fillers, high bioavailability, high effectiveness. Visit revogreen.co slash Dr. Andrew Fix to get yours today. That's revogreen.co slash Dr. Andrew Fix to get yours today. Be sure to let me know how you like them. Thanks so much. I appreciate you sharing that story. I've shared on this show a few times kind of my story of how I ended up going down the, the route to become a physical therapist and whatnot. And like you just alluded to, it had to do with some of my own physical traumas and stuff that I needed physical therapy as a middle school student athlete and as a high school student athlete and whatnot. And then, um, you know, it was really more so like that was the initial introduction into the field. But then what really finally like flipped the switch, if you will, was I got to experience it more at a more impressionable age when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do, like late in my high school career. 
And I did some shadowing with uh, my father's physical therapist after he had gone through some shoulder uh, surgery rehab. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so then that was finally like what flipped the switch. I've had my own injuries and it, you know, it sucks being, being out, but those were all like, you know, physical injuries that caused me to miss time in my sport or activity, right? Not a brain injury that, that caused me to, you know, be in a coma for several days, like, like you kind of shared. So what I would love to do now is, um, you know, I think you're a hundred percent on track when you say like everybody that, you know, everybody that I know myself, yourself, like we all deal with negative self-talk, limiting beliefs, um, you know, lack of confidence or whatever, however you want to describe that. Right. And that's, it's much more common. I feel like for people to have a negative thought pop into their head than a positive thought, yeah, right? Does it come from? Yeah, and, and, I, and I don't know the answer to that necessarily. And what I also don't know is if that's different in different parts of the world, because I've traveled a few different places, but I have by no means what I call myself a world traveler at this point. So I don't know what it's like in other parts of the, yeah. you know, the globe. But um, where do you think some of that comes from? And since you've gone through this transition of kind of like, reframing and reshaping the way that you think about things um what are some of the things that you find to be successful when you're talking with other people whether it's clients or or anyone else about like trying to maybe help them help take them from point a to point b of like let's see if we can reframe some of these things Mm -hmm. so that your initial thought is not always this negative negative stuff yeah thanks for asking where that comes from god i have no idea I, i think it's a vicious cycle of it's just, you know, perpetual from parent to child, to the parents saying, no, you're not good enough, and you can't do this, or, or blah, 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 blah. And and I think there's something just societal that, mm-hmm. that, that causes that. Um, perhaps it's part of the human condition, who knows, you, you know, like, it would be interesting to do a study on that in other countries. Uh, but it seems to be very, you know, very present in our country. Um, but what I do know is that we can change those things and i'm a, I'm a shining example of that and i yeah. want everybody else to realize oh well, actually I, I have that power too yeah it might be harder for some of us than others because we've heard our whole life that you're a piece of crap and you know you can't do this and you can't do that yeah but you have the power and really if i can give anybody if i can give people here any insight in, into um their life is you have the power to heal yourself and you have the power to do anything you want to do mm-hmm. and whether that's changing your thought process or whether that's healing yourself from a disease or an illness or whether that's you know making a million dollars or whether that's you know finding the, the love of your life you have the power to do anything and everything and it all comes down to and everybody can guess what i'm gonna say <laughs> mindset yes it's yes, all yes. mindset and i've heard that for a long time and it was it was kind of hard for me to leave for a while because I, I hear all these really you know uber successful people say that and and, and so I'm like okay I'm going to train my mindset and I listen to positive affirmations every day and I do these things and, and I'm like well why is everything not happening but yeah. as I, as I mature and grow I just realized whoa cool like it is it is starting to work I'm starting to see all these things that I want come to me and it's it's because I think positive every day yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I want people to just know that they have the power to change their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know how, how that works with, with my clients is is it's it's day by day, it's step by step, it's breath by breath. You know, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, you 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 took a slide back today, but get up and keep going forward. 
Um, yeah. What's fascinating, and I think this is something forever that everybody needs to do evaluate about themselves, is some of us associate our identity with our illness. I'm sure you've probably seen this before. But oh, wow, God, if I feel better, and like I won't get this intention anymore for for the illness I've been feeling or experiencing, who am I then? And then some people might slide back. Ideally, people realize, like, well, I don't have to be that anymore. I can be somebody better. What I've found over the years as far as how I, I can help people is, is people have to want it. I'm sure, Andrew, you're, you're, you're probably very much an idealist. You have been. And yeah. I, I, I'm like, no, no, you do this. And you can. I, I want to try and, like, give as much as I can and change people's lives. But they're not going to change unless they want to change. That's really what it comes down to. And so... You know, people will come to me because they want to change, or they'll come to you, Andrew, or any other healthcare practitioner because they want the change. And then what's important from there is baby steps. Um, I, I I mean, I've got so much, I've, I've created online courses around the healthcare and around like optimal health and happiness. And, and um, I can just throw all this at people at once, but yep. it doesn't work that way, that they need to take it step by step. Mm-hmm. And so another thing I'll do, um, I hear people coming in and they'll just, They'll say, I am an autoimmune, or I, I have autoimmunity, or I, um, you know, like, oh, I'm always in pain. Mm-hmm. And you got to be careful with those words, always yes. and never. Always and never are pretty strong words. And so um, I just try and help people recognize what they're saying. What's been really cool is people will come back and I'll start to hear them speak differently. Sure. I'll start to hear them like, instead of I'm always in pain, it's just they'll say, gosh, my shoulder kind of hurts, but it's getting better. Or yeah. something like that, you know. Um, so I know that part of my purpose here on this planet is to be an educator, to be an author, to be to do all these things, to be on a podcast. Thank you. For yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. Uh, and so um, I, I just want to continue sharing my message, and then whether I I touch one person's life or or a million people's lives, I feel like I'm I'm doing my purpose and doing my part, and that's part of what can be a brain injury. Yeah. Yeah, well, your question? yeah, I think that answered the question great and, and gave me more questions, which yeah. is also great. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we were kind of talking off off the uh, microphone before we hit record here. And you know, I think this this topic that you just brought up is like one of the things we wanted to really hit on. Right. Because whether it's acupuncture, whether it's chiropractic, whether it's physical therapy, whether it's anything else, um, really the person's mindset the person's belief, the intention, like all this stuff really is going to have probably the most profound impact on whether that treatment modality is successful or not. Right. So um, it doesn't really matter who you see or what you do. Like, yes, you have the power and with power comes a lot of responsibility. Like Mm -hmm. you are responsible for and capable of impacting your own health, right. And your own, your own wellness. And I think, you know, with this show being set up how how it is, that is one of the things we're really trying to convey and not convince, convey, like get the message out to people because wow. um, it's not about convincing. It's about helping them see it for themselves, right? Not, not convincing them of it. Um, but the baby steps, like you just mentioned, is so important. And from the physical therapy angle, I was actually having this conversation with a client yesterday who's relatively new to uh to us here in our practice i've seen this individual twice and sometimes when a person comes in on day one right we do a nice thorough assessment we start to craft a treatment plan and a plan of care with their uh you know with that person we have a lot of thoughts as a therapist about like 
what we expect to happen and what we want to see happen mm -hmm. over the course of this plan of care. Yeah. And we may discuss that. We can't give them all the things on day one. Huh. I can't tell you all the exercises that right. I think you should do at home yeah. after day one because of multiple reasons. One, you may not be ready for them just yet. They may right. be too advanced for where you're at currently. I also don't want to give you a list of like 50 things that I yeah. think you could do or shouldn't do. Right. I want to boil it down to like the couple things that I think are the most uh, important for you to do right now. Like what's the priority? Like you said, because that's going to start to help to move the needle forward. And it's giving them that person something smaller to like buy into. Right. I'm not asking them to give me like two hours of their day every single day to do this like long laundry list of exercises. We're asking for a short period of time for them to take the ownership of like putting putting the effort into their own hands to, to take care of the issue. Mm -hmm. We're not doing it for them. Yeah. Right. Sometimes a lot of times clients will come in and they will thank us for fixing their problem. And my response is always something to the effect of like, well, no, thank you for doing the work yeah. because I didn't do it. Right. Uh, Quite frankly, I'm uh, I follow my own advice in terms of like how, what I should do for my own aches and pains, probably less than some of my best clients. Right. Uh, because, you know, coaches need coaches and providers need providers, too. But it's like I didn't do it. Right. I didn't do it. Our other therapists, they didn't do it. The client did it. And we're just there to help. Right? Yeah. We're just there to help guide them along the way. Right. We're here to like show you a show you a path and give you suggestions and recommendations, uh, prescribe things. But ultimately, you do it. The, the client does it. Yes. So um, I just appreciate you bringing that whole kind of yeah. topic up. Which then really comes down to the fact that you are your own best healer, every mm -hmm. single one of us. Yeah. And, and that's what's so cool about today's world is we can go on Dr. Google and look up a, you know, 10 hours of studying and realize like, oh, actually, I know how to heal myself. I don't need to go to these 10 doctors to figure this out. Now, is it, <laughs> there's a there's a caveat there. You have to be you know careful what you what you find online, but my, my point is, is that we all have the power to heal ourselves. And that's mm -hmm. something that I think has changed in, in recent years and in our generation is it used to be, I know my parents' generation and previous, yeah. it was like doctors God and whatever they say goes. And that has created a lot of big problems in the world. And so I think now people are really taking the power back into their own hands and saying, wait a minute, I'm the one who's in charge here. And it really comes back to that personal responsibility. Andrew, would you say that generally in the world, people are starting to take on more responsibility for themselves, or would you say less with the you know, recent events in the past few years? No, I mean, I think, in, you know, maybe this has something to do with the circle of people that I find myself around the most, most often. I would say yes, is the answer to your question. I think as a whole, and I know, you know, the internet and social media and whatnot, it tailors what it shows you based yeah. on based on your preferences and right. your interests and stuff. So maybe you're just seeing more of this like uh, self-fulfilling kind of prophecy, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's sending you the stuff that it knows you like, you like. But I would say the answer is yes. I do think yeah. people are starting to take more of a responsibility on their own health, their own wellness and realizing that like, you know, it's not someone else's responsibility to take care of me, yeah. right? Like it's not... My doctor's responsibility to uh, to make sure that my blood pressure is where my blood pressure should be. It's my blood pressure. It's not right. it's not theirs, right? They're there to help me uh, 
you know, go through screens and go through assessments and catch things yeah. and give me recommendations. But I, and I like to use blood pressure as an example because you were talking about acupuncture, kind of like unlocking the body's potential to do what it has the capability to do to heal itself. Well, the most common treatment for blood pressure in this country is to prescribe a blood pressure lowering medication, mm-hmm. but that's treating a symptom, yeah. right? It's not treating the issue. Right. It's just lowering your blood pressure artificially. It's not treating the reason, the root cause of why you have high blood pressure. That's usually a sleep, stress management, nutrition, mm-hmm. physical activity, you know, one of those things or a combination thereof is usually the root cause. Which an individual has power over all those things. All right? those things. All those They're things, all yeah. um, able to be changed, yeah. right? It's like, it's not like it's your, you know, I'm trying to think of something that like you have no power over. You're not going to change your height, right? Mm-hmm. You're born with, you grow to whatever height height you are. And there's, you know, there's things that can impact that. But um, like I'm five foot nine or so. Well, all of a sudden I'm not going to do something that's going to make me six two tomorrow. Right. So, but I do have a lot of uh, control over my weight, right. Depending on how I live my life, what, what I do from a strength training standpoint and nutrition standpoint, uh, you know, it's not all about calories in calories out, but you have much more control over that. You have, even though you may find yourself in, um, you know, situations that are stressful, you have control over strategizing how to manage your stress right or a lot of times one of the major stressors for people is their work right is their their career their employment their money now a lot of times people back to this mindset thing a lot of times people feel like they're stuck in a position Mm. you can quit that job right now you have to find something else for yourself to do but you don't have to stay in that situation right if if you have the right mindset and you have the, the grit and the determination to go out and seek something else, Yes, you can leave that behind. And in right? today's world, there's so much out there to do, oh. so much information, you can find more than there ever was, which also brings up a really important point here of discernment. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that will, like, <laughs> you know, the pharma companies, like you just brought up, of course they're going to tell you that the, the only thing that you can do is take this blood pressure medication. Well, no, that's not true. There's so many other things you can do. Yeah. And so it's really important for each of us to discern, is this information serving me and correct, or is it not? Um, and that, that you know, it's, it's individual to everybody. That information might be really valuable and important to somebody, but maybe not to you. So discern, discernment uh, you know, from an individual level is highly important for um, taking on that power, that power mm-hmm. to heal ourselves. And, and if I can leave the listeners here with anything, it would be that, yeah, you have the power to change your life, to heal yourself, to yeah. do really whatever you want. And I really like what you just said. It's just like, yeah, you're going to have to make some changes, but yeah, you have the power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we could, um, you know, we could probably kind of talk on that sort of subject there, there all day. Uh, one of the questions that just came up was, you know, you were talking about, you feel like one of your callings, Callings in life, if you will, is, you know, to be an educator, to maybe be an author. And like, um, speaking of authors, have you, you know, there's already books on like this topic, right? Changing your mindset, all that type of stuff. Sure. Are there any that you, that come to mind that you've had the opportunity to read that, um, like you would recommend to someone on this kind of topic of like taking ownership, changing your mindset, yeah. any, any of that type sure. of stuff? 
Uh, I really love Tony Robbins stuff. Yeah. I've listened to him for a long time. Um, I want to listen listen to things more than, than I am read. Sure. Uh, but um, I'll just tell you a little tool that I do every single morning that's really powerful is uh, so I, I, I you know my morning routine of, of stretching and moving and, and and while I'm stretching and moving I'm listening to positive affirmations and I have this YouTube playlist of like 300 different kinds of positive affirmations whether it's money or love or health or power or or uh, confidence whatever it may be and so I'll just kind of play those in the background while I'm moving and yeah. what I, was what I find is fascinating is just throughout the day I'll find myself just thinking yes I'm a loving beautiful being I'm a powerful person I am wealthy and I'll just find these are like this is playing in the background in my mind not not even you know on the stereo it's just playing in my mind and, and I'll look in the mirror and say wow I love you you're beautiful and then I, I just bring that up because for me I think that's been one of the most powerful things for me to change my mindset and, and to take control of my life and, mm-hmm. and step into that. Now, one thing to consider there is that those negative thoughts can can creep in. So, for example, if you're hearing the affirmation of, I'm a beautiful person, and then that little voice in your, your head is like, no, you're not, you're ugly, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, so you, you have to be real aware of that, and you'll find that, um, you, you may find that there, there's going to be a critic inside. But it's just like anything, it's conditioning. I yeah. condition, I've conditioned myself for these five, seven, ten years with positive affirmations, and it's, it's powerful how it works. So um, that would be my my suggestion to people as far as that goes. Let, let, let me think more on books. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a little blank right now. No, that um, that's okay. And there's there is one that um, that comes to mind for me, and um, you know, I would love to when we include some of this stuff in the show notes for this episode. Maybe um, maybe you can send us one or two of those um, YouTube links that you have to give give people an idea of some of these things that you play in the background. But um, one of the books that comes to mind to me or for me is, I believe, the title is just called Mindset. Um, and I'm pretty sure the author is Carol Dweck without, yeah. um, you know, without looking this up. I've read that book twice. Or like you said, I listened to things too. So I think I've read it once in the book version and I've listened to it once in the audio version. Um, but that book to me is like, that's, that's what it's about, right? It's about changing the way that you think about things, changing the mindset. And, and if I'm remembering this correctly, I think one of the major themes also in that book is to not necessarily be so outcome focused and so tied to the result, mm-hmm. but instead like tied to the effort and to the journey mm-hmm. type of thing. Right. Oh. Like, and I think one of the examples they give in there is, you know, like um, report cards and grades and whatnot in, in school growing up in grade school, how, you know, everything's A, B, C, whatnot, instead of like, are you putting in effort? How hard are you working to this? If you get a question wrong, can you, through talking with the instructor, can you understand why your choice was wrong and work to figure out the correct answer? Yeah. And there was like a school example that they gave in there where what they were, um, I don't know, praising and rewarding is maybe not the right word, but like what they were giving positive reinforcement for was the the work and the effort, not necessarily just arriving at the uh, correct answer, mm-hmm. however cool. someone got there. Nice. And it taught the kids, right, to like put in the work and put in the effort and not just not just take it as like, 
well, I'm just naturally super smart and I don't have to work at this. It's just, my life's just always going to be easy because we're all going to run into situations where that's not the case. And that, yeah, that's not, that's yeah. not life. So that, that's one of the books that would come to mind to me. I'll, I'll link that cool. for you guys too in the that. show notes. And that actually brought up a point that's kind of the opposite of what you just said yeah. is, is a book that I recently read. Uh, it's Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Uh, it's called Be Your Future Self. You know what I'm talking about? I know the author. I don't think yeah, I've read yeah, that yeah. book, but I, I read a different about your future self or something like that. And it's it's really cool because it, it allows you to visualize who you want to be in the future and then have that future self talk to you and kind of guide you and and, and point you along. And and you know, if you're continuing to do what you've always done, you're just gonna be what you've always been. And maybe that's great for some of us, but for, for most of us, I think we're striving for something better. So it's, it's a really, really good book. I, I'm, I'm loving his stuff. And it kind of goes different to what you said as opposed to um, you were saying, oh, don't look so much on the outcome. But that's really kind of what that book's talking about. Sure. See the outcome you want to be. Future framing. Then, yeah, future yeah. framing. Mm -hmm. So that's been a really cool tool that I've been using recently. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to just make sure I get this out because uh, if I wouldn't say it, I'd be I'd regret that I didn't say this. Uh, One of the things that came to mind in in listening to you talk, right, you shared maybe 20 minutes ago the the snowboarding accident, brain injury experience that you had. And what I did not hear you say, which I think is awesome, is like that something happened to you, right? Uh, you like you explained that experience in that you had, forget the word that you used, but you basically said like you had the good fortune of this situation happening, but that led you down the path that you ended up taking and helped yeah. shape the way that you are today. And that is the same way that from the physical trauma side that I've had, that I've uh, taught myself to, to explain, um, you know, some of the surgical operations and things that I've had when I'm talking to clients. One of, like what I'm talking about, and I think I've said this on the show before, is in a very short period of time from the fall of 2012 through through the spring of 2015, I had five major surgeries for um, on my hips and one on my ankle. And four of those surgeries took place in from the fall of 2012 until, man, like it was like four surgeries in like a year and a half period or two year period or something. And I had to go through a lot of rehab, right? A lot of physical therapy, a lot of time spent on crutches. And while I was in physical therapy school, I think there was a little bit of that, like you associate yourself, your identity with what you're dealing with. Um, and I was on crutches for like a third of an entire calendar year with some of these surgeries on and off. And it was like, Andrew's the guy who just had hip surgery. Right. And these, uh, these surgeries that I, that my parents and I chose for me to go have, um, you know, I ended up missing my college season of track. There was a lot of disappointment associated with that. And um, a lot of like, well, what if, what could have been situation? Because I had a really good junior season. Not that that probably would have changed the trajectory of like what I'm doing today. But what I tell clients now when I explain to them like, yeah, I've, I kind of understand where you're at because I've had my own situations. I'm, I'm not dealing with the same thing you are. But I have like, I view it as a good thing though it negatively affected me in my mind at the time, right? I wasn't able to do some of the things I wanted to do. I was going through physical pains and whatnot. It 100% made me a better therapist, mm. has made me a better therapist. It allows me to be able to relate to people 
much, much better mm -hmm. than if I would not, did not have those experiences. Cool. And, um, yeah, I think it's totally like my mindset on it has totally changed because I view or I can see all of the good things that came out of those situations. So I don't think I've ever really done this on, on this podcast necessarily, maybe on some of like the sleep episodes and stuff. But what I want to do is um, for those of you guys that have made it this far in the episode is I want to leave you with like a little challenge here is think about a scenario that you've had the opportunity to go through in your life that at the time when you were dealing with it, it was really negative, right? Like you really wish it wouldn't have happened. It was either really upsetting or, you know, it was, it was something that was really negative in your life. But now where you're sitting today, think about all of the potential good things or good consequences that have come from that experience and see if you can't, if you're not already, see if you can't start to kind of view that in that light instead, right? Yes. Like what were the positive consequences that came out of that as opposed to the negative ones? Because if you start listing these things out, I would be willing to bet, depending on your unique situation, that positive list might be much longer uh, than the negative list. And um, yeah, so I just want to leave you with like that little, it's a blessing little challenge. Absolutely, mm -hmm. a huge blessing in disguise. And I just want to end with one more little story. Um, during the brain injury, uh, I had just gotten out of the hospital after a few months of being in the hospital, and, and I, I went to the, the movies, and I saw this movie called Rain Over Me. It was one of Adam Sandler's movies. It wasn't one of his funny ones. It was like a serious. And basically, he's this highly successful businessman, got this beautiful family, beautiful wife, two beautiful daughters, and his whole family just dies in a plane crash. And he flips and goes crazy, and it just ruins his life. And I got out, I got out of the hospital, and I realized, oh, my God, this brain injury and I can, I can go two ways. This thing can ruin me and take me down because there was people in the hospital with me that were still there years later. Or I can come back and be better than ever. I want to be 150% better than I ever was. And so I chose the latter. And I came back and I'm better than ever I was. And so I really appreciate you even mm -hmm. encouraging your listeners to, to evaluate on that too with their own lives. What can you see in your life that's happened to you that's seemingly arduous and treacherous and horrible that you could find the light in, that you could see, whoa, I just became stronger and better than ever. Yeah. Um, remember, you're not a victim. You have the power. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's an awesome kind of closing piece uh, to end on. Uh, the last thing I want to make sure that we do, Jordan, is of course, these things are going to be in the show notes, but to save someone from potentially having to go find those things, if someone made it to the end of this episode, wants to now you know, reach out to you, whether that's find you online or find your website or anything like that, what would be some of the best ways for people to get in, in contact with you or in touch with you if they want? Yeah, cool. Uh, everything is healthy, new vibes. Uh, so I got tons of free content on YouTube, uh, for, I've made a whole course that's on there now, two whole courses that are on there now about health and happiness and then pain relief, uh, YouTube, Healthy New Vibes, um, Instagram, Facebook, Healthy New Vibes. If you want to send me some money, Venmo, Healthy New Vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, HealthyNewVibes.com. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on the call today. Man, I yeah, appreciate your time, Jordan. And again, just like I typically tell you guys, I appreciate all of your time, whoever tuned in to listen to this. Uh, thank you so much for supporting our podcast. And um, if you want to do that just one more time, one of the things we are looking to do is increase our reviews on this show up to get 200 reviews, whether that's Apple or Spotify or Google or however you've, you've chosen to find us. 
Um, we're trying to just get these messages out to more and more people. So please go share some feedback. Make sure you share topics that you would love to hear about so we can get, whether it's a solo episode or other awesome guests on here to talk about those things. But we look forward to catching you guys next time on another episode of The Code. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Thanks guys. Bye-bye.